2: not a ton of news out there today making up you know for a little bit more of a silent Monday. We're not in our season, so we don't have a lot to report there. Um, the Warriors lost, which was kind of big news, <laughs> the odd sporting kind of way. The thing I like about the Warriors, but the thing I, I like about my job is I can try to, to, it's up to me to really figure out any way that I can. The best way possible to get you excited about investing, and there's a company called Under Armour that is out there, and Under Armour makes active wear, athleisure wear. Um, when I gain a little weight, I hate it because it makes my uh, hmm. How do I say this with BNPG? <laughs> Let's just say it, my shape is less sh- less appealing in activewear or athleisure. Um, but Steph Curry, everyone kind of knows and gets. He signed a deal, as did Jordan Spieth, with Under Armour. He wasn't the best uh, athlete coming out of college, and his early part of his career he was marred by injury, so Nike didn't want to pay him top dollar, and he ended up going somewhere else to get what was at that time his top dollar, but was no doubt a deal. So Steph Curry is the future of Under Armour, in my opinion he could be worth about $14 billion to Under Armour. And they need that because Under Armour is expensive, and it's not a cheap stock. Well, I just said it's expensive, so it's a little bit redundant of me, huh? Under Armour is expensive, and it's not a young stock is what I want it to say. It's a pretty mature company with a, a pretty high valuation. Um, when you take a look at that PE of 80 and you take a look at the markets at around 17, you go, well, this doesn't look right. A Ford PE of 50, you're like, that's too high for a shoe company. You know, you get a little more bang for your buck with Nike, but also with Nike, you get a much bigger company. But you get a much lower valuation. Uh, catastrophic right now would be if Steph Curry were to blow out his ankle. You'd see shares of Under Armour go down hard. So analysts are starting to say, look, Under Armour's a terrific company. They've got exceptional management. It got a lot of growth ahead, but it's expensive, and it's tricky to say that you should buy it. Uh, Possible sales slowing would make the stock really expensive. Under Armour's basketball shoe sales have increased, though, 350% year-to-date, all because of Steph Curry. His signature shoe business is already bigger than those of LeBron, Kobe, and every other player except for Michael Jordan. If Curry is the next Jordan, then Under Armour is cheap. If the Warriors are able to do this year what they did last year, and again next year, then Under Armour is cheap. Spicy Curry. So one analyst comes out and says, Spicy Curry. And I don't, that's when you started walking into that. Is that racist? Should I not be saying that? Is that, and I I don't know. So, the number two athletic brand, all because of Curry, is what it comes down to. If Curry continues to streak, the difference in market cap value of the company could be approximately about $14 billion. So, what happened on Sunday, where the Lakers, the second worst team in the league, beat the best team in the league. If that happens again tonight, not good for Under Armour. Um, the exploding growth of Under Armour's basketball business could threaten Nike. That's a crazy thing to say out loud. Under Armour's total basketball business is probably double, and even its non-Curry styles have grown at a super high rate. That growth is a result of Under Armour taking share by underpricing its shoes. It could be at a tipping point, signaling the end of Nike's basketball dominance. If that's true, or Curry becomes the next Jordan, Under Armour, you know, is is pretty cheap. If, you know, there was a point in time where Blackberry was the king. And then it just hit that tipping point where Apple just started taking business from them. And everyone else did. And now Blackberry's not even relevant. So, Under Armour is in women's apparel. They're also in, you know, running footwear. So if the curry effect is strong, it pulls in more people to buy more product. Um, I'm loyal to Nike running shoes because I've never had a foot injury. And it's as simple as that. I'm not a big Michael Jordan fan. I didn't grow up thinking he was the greatest player ever. I grew up thinking he was a ball hog. I know you're saying, are you being serious? <laughs> I kind of am. Um... So, Curry is the outperformance of Under Armour, and Under Armour needs them. So, they're dependent on them. If Curry Mania cools off, remember Jeremy Lin and Lin Sanity? Um, I know there's no comparison between those two, and it's insulting to people who like basketball to even start there. Uh, but if you're buying Curry shoes, you're probably also saying, you know, I want to get... You know more Under Armour logos on my body. So he needs to sustain his greatness for that stock to sustain its greatness. Uh, Just throwing it out there. Peyton Manning made 249 million dollars and he retired the highest paid player ever in the NFL and number two number two is not even close. That's ridiculous. Um, (laughs) Like in an awesome way right? Um, but it also brings up, you know, the average player doesn't make that much. The average player doesn't last that long. And it shows you that you work from age 20 to 60, hopefully, but maybe not because the average doesn't always pull off that 40 year work history. And some people get hurt and can't go back to work. Um, I was listening to someone today who was talking about being on, you know, government assistance for not government assistance, but military retired medical leave due to injury in in war, and he gets about two thousand twenty-two hundred dollars a month, and I'm like, that's not a lot of money. He can't work. He doesn't. He doesn't work, and that's his retirement from the, the army. Um, I don't know if it's an ability that he doesn't have the ability to work due to injuries, like maybe a limp or brain issue or something. Um, But that's not a lot of money. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We're still watching the election cycle, and it's pretty fascinating. Um, How many people have pledged to leave the country if Trump gets elected? I just hope that they do if he does. I don't care. I I do care who gets elected, but I don't talk politics because it's just something that people will rip into. Um, I can tell you how much I hate Prop 13 and how it's ruined the state of California's education system and how California, one of the greatest economies in the world, has one of the worst education systems in the nation, and in the world, um, is sad and tragic. And Prop 13 is a large part of that. And Trust me, I'll get death threats over Prop 13. You don't understand. I've, I'm have i 90 years old. I made this country great. Well, every other state, no one's got a Prop 13, to say now. So, 800 you know. so, 800- 516. It was a political tool that got someone elected, is what it is. Let's talk money, investing more. 800 516 1220. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Tweet me at Rob Black Show. YouTube me at Rob Black Show.
1: There's a car fire on the bay. This traffic. There must be something in the water. And there must be something that you taught She said, I love you nothing but a monster. And I love ain't nothing but a monster with two hands. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm Ron Black, talking money, investing, in more. Oil prices surged to three-month highs, and now rent crude is it played with not $40 today, but a high $39 before it settled low at $39. Oil prices surged and have surged from their bottoms, um, recent lows, whatever you want to call them, about 30%. Some analysts call this a stabilization. Some say this is just a dead cat bounce and that the fundamentals are still that we're supplying more than there is demand. I'm not out in the oil patches and all I could do is, is give you my experience of working with analysts for, you know, 19 years and seeing who makes better calls. The risk for oil still persists at these levels to go back down until we see some more demand numbers. There's a lot of hedges that are running out for companies that produce oil, and we should see some negative headlines hit the group with bankruptcies. Um, That would be nice. That would be a positive, believe it or not. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Uh, affordability continues to be a problem on home prices so we've seen new home sales drop 9% in December um, 32% in the western part of the country new homes are about 20 to 30% more existing uh, pricey than existing homes and they're kind of a leading indicator that existing homes should run into similar price uh, not price drop but uh, demand drop so the income that it takes to qualify for a home is super important and if you keep seeing prices go up but incomes don't, there's some problems there. A lot of neighborhoods in San Francisco have seen home prices soar in the past year. Home prices are regularly over a million dollars. Um, the run up in Bay Area housing prices was a big part of this big drop in new home sales in the West. So, other areas, homes and new homes remain within the grasp of home buyers but not necessarily Bay Area. And again, with Bay Area, you're talking typically condos. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton talk a little financial planning for us. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk life insurance or let's talk insurance because there's so many types. Um, Term life, whole life, variable
3: life, permanent pension
2: planning. There's a lot going on. What do we need to
3: know? Yeah, there's there's so many types of insurance if we focus on on life insurance um it, it's one of the first things that families go for once you have a child you 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 think of the dramatic side of it now like I've said before I get disability insurance it's even that's very important um but term life insurance is the way to go i mean there there are programs there's seminars out there right now rob that are showing people hey, you know, you should actually take the money out of your 401K and put it into this equity index life insurance because you can't lose money and just a bunch of garbage, basically. They're looking for huge commissions, huge commissions on it. That type of life insurance as an investment is only right for 1% of the population, the people that make a ton of money and they've already invested, you know, maxed out their 401K and they've got, you know, a million or two in their taxable accounts and then they can do it. As a bond alternative, but for most families, they need term life insurance. I like 20 or 30 year level term. I prefer that you get it on your own rather than your employer, unless you're not healthy. If you're not healthy, you can get it through your employer, and they won't, you know, you you don't typically have to do any kind of a a questionnaire on health. Um, So that way, if you change jobs, you can just take your policy with you if you buy it on your own. And you can run all sorts of present values of income and all this other stuff, but it always ends up working out about 10 times your annual income plus $100,000 per kid. That's what you need, term life insurance. Buy term, invest the difference. That rule still stays true to this day. You know, Buy your term insurance, save your money, put it into the 401K and a Roth IRA, and you'll be better off. The example I like to use to compliment you
2: on that is, you know, is I've had parents, grandparents pass at 92, 93, 94, 95, and... They didn't – no one needed that money. So right. had they died at 50, people would have needed that money. Their kids, the the living spouse, would have needed it. So you buy it for the people that need the income while you're alive, and then hopefully in retirement you've saved enough, right?
3: Right, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, the, again, you get – if you are a really high, high-income earner and you've maxed out all your you know stocks that you want to buy and everything else, there's a couple of policies that work for really high-income earners – but the only time you go, the only here's a couple of times where you go into retirement with permanent life insurance. Life insurance that's supposed to be there until you're 100 years old plus. Um, number one, if you have a pension plan that will go away or greatly be reduced when you pass away, your spouse still needs income, so you need to protect that with life insurance. Term insurance does not work there. Okay. So uh, pension plans from, you know, corporations like Lockheed Martin, we've done this before. GE, we've done this before where we have to go in, do the numbers, calculate what the insurance amount is, and then bring an insurance agent in. Another one is if you have a very large estate and you need liquidity. Let's say you're a business owner, and if you pass away, your estate's over you know, $5.5 million or, or $11 million if you're married, and you need liquidity to pay the estate taxes so your business can continue to run, that's another reason why you want to do it. And kind of the third and final one I'll talk about is um, people that make use of charitable remainder trusts. where if you have really low cost basis stock, you need to take income from it to live in retirement, but you have huge tax problems and you want to benefit your charity when you die. You can gift the shares into a charitable remainder trust. You can immediately sell it without any current capital gains taxes. You can create income for life. Use some of that income to, re- to buy life insurance to replace that about for your heirs. And that's a, that's one of the most fun estate planning techniques that, that I do with people that have a charitable intent. They want to leave a legacy and they have a low-cost basis stock like an Apple or Cisco or something else. Um, everybody wins except the government. The government gets cut out of estate taxes and income taxes. You win with income. Your heirs win with tax-free life insurance, and the charity gets a big chunk of money after you pass away.
2: Sounds great. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can get more information, you can learn about him. Great downloadables at the website newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Facebook did a restructuring of its taxing, tax situation in Britain, kind of as a way of saying, we're no longer going to divert profits from its largest British advertisers through Ireland, where corporate taxes are lower. Facebook makes about $4 billion a year in profits, and they have yet to release the figures in the UK-specific earnings uh, because it's embarrassing. The new tax blow is even more frustrating for the British government after data recently emerged that shows that the Treasury of Britain pays more to Facebook for advertising placement than it receives in taxes from the Silicon Valley giant Facebook. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online, Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, Um, Throw questions at me, what have you. We'll take a break here. Be right back.
1: RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM
2: 1220 KDOW. I'm not sure how I feel about this headline. Uber says it's had fewer than 170 complaints of sexual assaults involving rides in three years. Uber's had five claims of rape and less than 170 cases of sexual assault. Uber was responding to an investigation by BuzzFeed into reported sexual assaults involving the ride-sharing service. Now, it is kind of weird how peer-to-peer sharing of cars has a different vibe than, say, hiring a cabbie. Employees had shared data with BuzzFeed about reported rapes and sexual assaults from its customer service database numbered in the thousands. So some insiders apparently ratted out the company, but the company says, no. there's actually a little bit different. Um, but there were some screenshots. So um, I, it, it's kind of interesting to say the least, what's developing in the world and how fast it develops. I know 13, 14-year-old kids who jump into Ubers and Lyfts as if they're common transportation. Where, when I was 13, 14, you rode your bike to wherever you had to go. But call me old-fashioned, right? Um, Riders routinely misspell the word "rate" as rape, or use the word rape in another context. For instance, you raped my wallet. So is that how they came up with 6,100 sexual assaults over a th- three-year period? Any email address or writer, driver, last name that contains the letters R-A-P-E consecutive, like Don Draper, are included. The results also showed tickets from passengers who got into cars not on the Uber platform or who were discussing substantiated media reports of sexual assault. I don't know what to make of that story because the company has spun it. So I, I no longer have a clue. Let's talk a little financial planning with CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton, talk a little investing in savings as a single person versus a couple. Obviously, there's some differences to think about. What do we need to know first and foremost?
3: Well, I think that one of the big differences is if you're dealing with a couple versus a single person, um, once two people get together, they get married, they have to look at both retirement accounts in the, at the employer and say, you know, who's getting a match, who isn't? Because if... Two people get together, and one person's been maxing out their 401K, maxing out the Roth, and the other person hasn't been saving at all, and they really can't afford to save a lot more. You might, you know, the the one person might decrease their 401K contribution so the other person can increase their 401K contribution to get the match. you got to get that free money. I tell you what, if, uh, you know, stocks over your lifetime are going to tend to average, you know, somewhere between 8 and 11%, plus you get free money from your employer, there's no better option. There's people out there that try to sell you life insurance as investments before maxing out your 401K. Those people are idiots, and they're looking for a commission. you got to get that free money. It's interesting
2: that you say that because sometimes it's only 1%, 2 or 3%, but that starts to add up in 1% over 30 40 years of investing. It might be an extra $1,700 a month in retirement. It's a exactly. lot of money. So that 1% really adds up. Um, and then again, you know me, I'm the credit card guy. So if I get two percent back, you know you get ten percent savings, you get a little match. Suddenly you're up saving up to twenty percent, and that's that's going to set you up nice for retirement. What else do we need to know about single people versus couples?
3: Um, you know I don't know if it's, it's single. It, the couples is just a little bit more complicated because you have to say, do we are we going to have a joint budget, a joint bank account? Are we going to do this on our own and just contribute to a certain amount of uh, each and pay half of the expenses? You know, as a single person, I think that the difference between now and, say, you know, 20, 30 years ago is, first of all, investing is, gosh, it's close to almost free between ETFs, transaction-free ETFs that you can get at TD Ameritrade, Schwab, Fidelity, some of the robo options that are out there, um, some of the apps that are out there that kind of force you to save, um, you know, the apps that if you spend $2.50, they'll round it up to three and take 50 cents and put it into an investment for you. So there's a lot of ways to force automatic savings Good. and at a rate that is almost free. When I got into the business, you know, mutual funds were 1.5% fees on average plus front-end loads. And um, it, Investing is so cheap these days, Rob. So you just have to set it up so it happens automatically. You don't have to think about it or do anything. And then all of a sudden you'll turn around five years later. you look at your accounts and you'll say, wow. that's really added up. Compounding is amazing. It is one of the wonders of the world. I've always been a what's mine is yours kind of guy in relationships. How about Mm -hmm. you? Yeah, I mean, you know, having seen a lot of marriages come together and a lot of marriages fall apart, even marriages that I would have thought in my client base that would have never broken up, things happen. People change and So one of the things that if you are single and you are you have been really focused on investing since the time you graduated from high school or college and you get into a relationship, there's that new phase, right? And don't go from that new phase right into marriage without thinking about the financial aspects of it. If you've saved a lot, if you've built a business um, and you want to make sure that if this partnership falls apart, you get to keep what's yours, you gotta get that prenup. And in fact, there's also agreements when you cohabitate, that are also important. So if you're a person that's already saved a lot and you've built something up or you've built a business that's about to explode, even if before you move in and cohabitate with somebody, protect yourself. Seek an attorney that can help you make sure that you keep things the way they're supposed to be. There's been a lot of cases in the past where people stayed together for a long period of time. They never got married, yet there's still support that gets awarded, and that's tough to handle. Yeah, it is. Um, How about the retitling of assets? Do you recommend
2: people retitle their assets or just run it out as long as you can and don't?
3: No, the proper way to do it is that once you are married, anything that you earn from your employment from the date of marriage going forward, that's community property. And so what you do is if you've been Funding your own individual accounts in the past, once you get married, all of that funding beside your 401ks go into a joint account because it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's, it's community property, so it doesn't matter how you title it. The important thing is you don't commingle community property with your former individual property. You never taint the property. You don't want to ever take community property money that you earned while you're married and put that into your account that you had prior to marriage because that can really screw everything up. So keep it separate. And eventually you're going to need a living trust. Once you get a living trust, everything is owned by the trust, but your trust can spell out very clearly what's separate property and what's community property. And that actually further uh, clarifies what assets are who, you know, who who owns what asset.
2: Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to chat about, we can chat about. Apple users targeted and first known Mac ransomware campaign. Apple's always been known to be quote unquote safer than the easily hackable Windows. But Apple customers were targeted by hackers over the weekend in the first campaign against Macintosh computers using a pernicious type of software known as ransomware. Ransomware is one of the fastest growing cyber threats. It encrypts data on infected machines then typically ask users to pay ransoms in hard to trace digital currencies to get an electronic key so you can retrieve your data. Security experts estimate that ransoms total hundreds of millions of dollars a year from such cyber criminals, who typically target users of Microsoft Windows operating systems. This is the first one in the wild that is definitely functional, encrypts your files, and seeks a ransom on the Mac. Hackers infected with uh, Mac machines through a tainted copy of a popular program known as Transmission, which is used to transfer data through BitTorrent peer-to-peer file-sharing networks. And users downloaded version 2.9.0 of Transmission, which was released on Friday. Their Macs were infected with ransomware. Yikes. Um, yep. So, good to know, right? 800 uh, um, 516 Also, watch what you're downloading what file sites you're going to. Um, I think that's a big issue of it all. Record number of millionaires living in the United States despite volatile financial markets. It's good to be a millionaire. The United States added 300,000 new millionaires in 2015, bringing the total number to 10.4 million. The number of American households with assets of a million or more, not including their primary residence, increased 3% last year from 10.1 million to 10. Four million. So despite ongoing concerns out there about market volatility in the direction of the U.S. economy, the number of affluent American households expanded. So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Um, <clears throat> Anything you want to chat about, we can chat about. You know, I was talking about people getting raped or sexual assaults in Ubers. Same kind of thing goes on with Airbnb, where some of these new economy peer-sharing services um, have some darker sides. Uh, There's an article in the New York Times today tied towards New Orleans neighborhoods. And some people who live in those neighborhoods absolutely hate the riffraff that Airbnb brings into the neighborhoods. Everyone has an opinion. So, you know... In New Orleans, you're talking about people who are reveling, (laughs) partying, vomiting. Um, They're referred to as short-term strangers, squeezing out long-term residents. Uh, But just as passionate people are who say renting rooms on Airbnb has brought them enough cash to rehabilitate properties or cover the mortgage after a layoff, uh, a lot of people are hating Airbnb, especially, you can imagine, in a reveling type of town. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick phone, don't be shy.
1: I can't shake, think of finally awake, i rather do a ride than make it be in fake. I know that dreams come true, but I never thought that I would have to leave you. you. You're listening to rock Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KBO Double, and iHeart Radio Station.
2: Can't we just get it over with and let Kevin Spacey as president of the United States? I'm probably talking about House of Cards fourth season being released over the weekend. Um, saw a couple of my friends mentioned they've been watched ten episodes, binge watched ten episodes. Um, okay, so good for you. Thanks for sharing. Why don't you take a picture of your food and send that with a, uh, as well. Donald Trump's moving closer and closer to securing the presidency, not the presidency, the Republican presidential nomination it is the right way of saying that. Strategists are questioning, you know, what parties, what their party finances are going to look like. Trump has been funding his own campaign, $25 million so far. The general election promises to be far more expensive with a lot of different ground rules. A total of $2.1 billion was spent by candidates in 2012 by candidates, their super PACs, and their parties. Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton signaled last year that she intended to raise $2 billion for her campaign and party. Um, can't we just put Kevin Spacey in office, please? That's far more than Trump's readily available cash, and perhaps also more than the Republican establishment donors with whom he's clashed or willing to contribute to his candidacy. So he's going to run out of money. He's not going to run out of money, but he's going to see it very difficult to throw around that kind of money in the presidential election thus a lot of critics think he's going to fall behind so a lot of the super PAC for Trump are saying hey we're going to put our money where it's going to be effective with governors and with House of Representatives um, you know congressional races the Senate and House of Representatives so it's a real dilemma what Trump has created. So a lot of former members of Congress who advise presidential campaigns, Bob Dole, George Bush, Mitt Romney, there are a lot of people that who could raise money for the Republican Party, but they're not going to be doing it for Trump because they're not big Trump fans. Um, so there's an element of the wealthy donor class that finds Trump unacceptable. They may even be willing to give it to Hillary in order to get influence. Isn't it just ridiculous that this story is so egregiously big? In 2012, Obama, President Obama, his re-election effort cost $934 million. That is an egregious amount of money to get elected. Um, And if you don't see this as uh, the problem with politics, I, I can't tell you what is. So I see that as a problem with politics. Big, big time. Oil plays around with $40 a barrel. It probably oversold when it went to $28 a barrel. It's probably overshooting in the short term right now. A lot of analysts think, eh, it's finding its own level. By the end of the year, maybe 50 but it's finding its own level. But it's had a big short-term run, as has the stock market. Three straight-up weeks. You factor in a market low of the week before, and we're up about 10%. Um, I know someone who shorted the market, double-shorted the market, three weeks ago so he's down 20 plus percent in three weeks wow it's almost tax time yay that's wonderful isn't it Amazon's opening up its second brick and mortar bookstore in San Diego I don't find anything in that story for the first time in about seven years investors approaching retirement have one of their biggest fears retiring into their market or a potential bear market. Before 2015, the stock market rose for six years in a row. We just hit seven years of a bull market. Um, Now savers have to think about a sequence of returns risk. Retiring into a sideways-to-down market is very dangerous because you learn you're not as smart as you think you are. And it's important to have a five-year retirement countdown. In my opinion, Um, you want to figure out what a buffer asset is. You know, ideally retirement savers prepared in advance for the sequence of returns that put year over year down returns on the market. If you don't have a cash cushion pulling money from an asset other than a portfolio, a retirement portfolio is an option. You should consider that. A home equity line of credit is an option and it has lower upfront costs, but retirees without a current income source may not qualify. A lot of retirees, right before they quit their job, they do get a home equity line of credit in case they need to tap it. Then there's the reverse mortgages, which are incredibly confusing products for people, and they can be bullied into them. You have to be careful and work with someone you trust. Um, If you're getting ready to retire and you're looking at a market that, that likely should go down or sideways each downside, your cost, your cost of living quickly. Um, Cost cut costs as fast as you can. You want to trim how much you reduce your portfolio withdrawals. Someone emailed me this weekend and this is why this, you know, I wrote down this note today. He basically threw down this idea of he's going to need money in retirement and he needs a book to help him. I'm like, Oh, good gosh. Hey, just mentioning, um, I've got some free tickets right now. For a family of four-pack of tickets to see the San Jose Barracudas on, take on the Ontario Reign Sunday, March 13th at 5 at the SAP Center in San Jose, winner receives a parking pass, so it's a totally free event. Um, lines are super short. Hockey's super competitive. It's AHL hockey. It's one step below the Sharks, but they've got a lot of players you've seen play for the Sharks this year. I believe they've pulled in over 14 or 15 players already up to the Sharks and brought them back down, so they've got NHL experience. Winner receives a parking pass, 800-516-1220 to get the tickets. It's 800-516-1220. KDOW is the station that broadcasts the games. It is super fun. It is super family-friendly. And it's a Sunday, kind of early game, 5 p.m. March 13th against the Ontario rain. Um Call now, 800-516-1220. I'll give away a, a set of four tickets right now, 800-516-1220. You can always buy tickets at sjbaracuda.com. That's sjbaracuda.com. Again, Uh, Big game, Sunday, March 13th against the Ontario Reign. Sign up or just call the station, 800-516-1220. i got four tickets waiting for you.
1: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.